Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Conversations. It's your host, Rain and Frank. How's it going today, Frank? Oh, it's going pretty well. You know, it's beautiful up here. Getting a lot of things done on my couple of days off here. Yard's looking good. House is looking good. Feels good to be outside. Yes, the weather has been great. We've definitely been sitting outside a good bit the past couple of days. We're not just sitting outside, like you say, working on the yard and stuff like that, too. It's been pretty good. Yes, I'm just overjoyed to be rid of the cold weather. Right. I'm over it. <clears throat> yep, and it's good to finally kind of get back on some of a schedule so we can record together. Listeners, we hope you enjoyed our little flashback to 1992. Oh, that, that we, was a cool episode. I forgot about that one. Yep. We released that uh, about two weeks ago, hopefully by the time you're hearing this episode. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, go back and give it a listen. Um, it's We decided to do it uh, to give a little bit of a taste of our other channel, the Wiki Wacky Radio Show, and also because we we're going to... our schedules weren't going to line up to record current news so we decided to do something a little fun to still put out an episode and uh with that we'll jump right into our news for today and i believe frank you're kicking it off sure so um i thought we'd start with the roe v wade stuff okay right. because you know there was this leak from the supreme court of the draft decision by Justice Samuel Alito that supposedly, you know, the Supreme, uh, excuse me, the conservatives on the court, the five, are going to overturn Roe v. Wade probably, did they say June? I'm thinking early June or something. Uh, yeah, June, July, something like that. Yeah, so um, this got leaked and everybody's been up in arms about it, which, mm -hmm. which I think is kind of interesting because if you remember... We've said right here on this channel before, back when we did our uh, 2022 New Year's predictions, mm -hmm. um, you know, we predicted that this would be overturned this year, okay? Or at least one of us did. And um, <clears throat> I feel like the way I have it here in my notes is that the writing has been on the wall for some time about the court's decision regarding Roe, you know, because we've had our eyes. You can go back and look at some of our material, even... You know, going back into 2021, um, before we made our 2022 New Year's predictions, we were, we've been following some cases that, you know, keep escalating up uh, regarding abortion and seem like they're making their way towards the Supreme Court, to the Supreme Court. There have been several cases that are supposed to challenge Roe from several states. Um, some of them we've seen hit the court already and they've gotten slapped back down. But this one out of Mississippi, I guess, is pretty, you know, it, it goes pretty far in how it questions Roe and how, how it brings Roe's relevancy up. So, <clears throat> you know, I feel like this has been coming down the pike. And actually, mm -hmm. if you listen to people like Elizabeth Warren, you know, she's been out stomping around at oh, yeah. um, these rallies and Protest. demonstrations, protests mm -hmm. they've been having. And if you listen to her, um, I don't have the exact quote, but I, I listened to her myself, and she, she talks about it as if it will be. If you listen to her, she talks about it as if it will be a state-by-state -state issue. 
So, I mean, that almost led me to wonder, like, so then why push for these marches and why attend them and everything? You know, if, if it's just going to be a state issue and it's a done deal and it's basically already been decided, you know, why spend all this time out there whipping up these crowds and everything? Right. Well, they don't believe in federalism. That's part of it. Well, that may be part of it, but I think what's more obvious is that, you know, she wants to ride this wave mm-hmm. and keep the momentum going yep. into November. Yep. See, that's what's really happening is election season's coming up. Yep. It's right around the corner. And so, therefore, I think that's why there's been so much of a debate on this leaker and who's the leaker and why did they leak and everything. Because the people who are really in the know, like us on this channel, who have been calling the balls and strikes as we've seen them for years now, um, you know, we have a whole body of content you can go back and interact with if if you think we're just full of it or anything. Um, You know, we've been watching this and somebody like Elizabeth Warren knows, too. Mm -hmm. Um, So the, the fact that it's overturning doesn't really have anything to do with the price of tea in China. Right. But, I mean, because, oh, yeah, the point I wanted to make on that is even Ruth Bader Ginsburg herself, you know, if you you can go back and find video footage of her saying herself that Roe was wrongly decided. And back before Roe, it was a state-by-state issue. And that's one of her big complaints about it is that Roe wasn't, as she would say it, Roe wasn't the right case. But, um, you know, that sort of is just like splitting hairs. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> but even Ruth Bader Ginsburg said that Roe was wrongly decided. So the idea of the court taking another look at this or, or overturning Roe is not crazy. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not crazy to somebody like Liz Warren. It's just yeah. the election season's coming up. So... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the parties almost seem to be using this and other issues, as you'll see in a minute. But they seem to be using this abortion thing as a way to sort of rally the troops and sort of get their respective voting bases, mm-hmm. you know, to organize themselves and be prepared going into November. So it's kind of interesting to me. I mean, I'll get to your thoughts on the, all of that before I move forward, but... When you look at it through that lens of, you know, November is just around the corner, I think a lot of stuff actually starts to make a little more sense instead of it just being like, well, why is this happening now? Why would this be? Right. Yeah. Um, especially regarding the link, I definitely, yeah, that's, I definitely see that very much. I mean, because otherwise there wouldn't have really been any point to linking anyway. The decision was likely going to be the decision either way. So if somebody wanted to get it out there to stoke up the people to get them out in the streets, so they, you know, because what, it's it's May now, November is only six months away, so they got to get out early, hopefully, because they got to have plenty of time to change, well, hopefully change people's minds. Yeah. And um and regarding the you know decision overall, um of course, you know we we both think that's a good thing. Um 
you know, it'd be really great if one day it's, I don't know, abortions are banned in all the states, but given the way our government is set up, I mean, this is pretty much the best we can ask for for now, is it being sent back to the states and each state can decide what restrictions they want. If California wants to allow abortions up till birth practically, or in Virginia, after birth, uh, well, they'll be able to as much as people like us hate it. And then the same with Texas, Mississippi, Alabama. If they want to set restrictions to heartbeat bills or no abortions, period, they'll be able to. Well, I think that's a very fair point. You know, our system is set up a certain way where it's supposed to be what they would say uh, bottom up, right. not top down. We're not supposed to have some big government that, you know, dictates mm-hmm. things to the states and then the states dictate it to the municipalities. It goes the other way. Right. The, uh, government closest to home is supposed to be the most important government yes. because yes. that's actually, you know, where you live, where you reside. And in that regards, you know, I think it is super important that this is being turned back to the states, not just because of the constitutionality and the Tenth Amendment and reserved states' rights and, mm-hmm. you know, the Constitution, but also because I think it makes a lot more things clear when you're looking at it from the state and local level. Sure. Um, because it's like I just said, that's where you actually live, that's where you mm-hmm. reside, that's where you're having the problems. And it's also your number one source of funding. You know, yep. people can work out who funds these things, how they're funded, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the problems, one of the biggest problems we've seen on the federal level, you know, with with Roe, since Roe was decided the way it was, mm-hmm. <clears throat> is uh, they tried to make a hem- uh, an amendment, a famous amendment, the Hyde Amendment, yep. right, that says mm-hmm. that no federal monies is ever going to pay for or fund abortions, you know, with taxpayer dollars, because it's sort of the idea, why would you take money from somebody like in Mississippi who absolutely doesn't believe Mississippi as a state in general, you know, we're speaking generally, but they don't believe in this types of stuff. So why would a a dollar out of somebody's pocketbook in Mississippi ever have to go towards paying for somebody else's abortion in, let's say, California or New York Mm -hmm. or Virginia? Right. So that was supposed to be stopped. But over the years, they've just totally neglected that Hyde Amendment. And they've basically, I I mean, I don't want to say that it is since we're on the straight news side here on this channel, conservative conversations. But something sticks out in my mind as maybe it's even been repealed by now. I definitely feel like recently they at least tried to not include the Hyde Amendment and some budgets that they passed. I don't I don't recall if it was or was not officially, but I believe they definitely tried to not include it. Yeah. I mean because not not even to get into the moral aspects of abortion and everything, mm-hmm. but just to keep it on a truly cleanly conservative side of things is if you want to have your abortion or whatever, I can go a little libertarian, but I still want to be conservative. 
it shouldn't come out of my pocketbook. Right. You know, if you want to have an abortion, it should come out of your pocketbook or whatever. Get a neighbor, yeah, somebody who lives near you, somebody in your state right. to help you. Don't don't bill me for your problems. You know, right. <clears throat> so, um, yep, that would definitely apply in a lot of situations yeah. in our country. And uh, uh, to keep it on the uh, Roe v. Wade and abortion topic real quick before we move on, I had originally wanted to see if I could make some kind of comparison between uh, states that have pretty rigorous animal rights laws, comparing them to their you know, abortion laws and vice versa in states that don't have rigorous animal rights and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's actually a lot to be compared because there's various aspects of what people might call animal rights and the protection of animals and uh, laws against abuse of animals and stuff like that. So I kind of gave up on making a comparison. But I did find a couple little bits that stood out to me because what I wanted to compare was maybe see... Know how, uh, like a state like California might treat animals compared to how they would treat, you know, the unborn babies, and stuff like that. But um, what I did find was a little article um, from the Foundation of Economic Education, and it was talking about uh, sort of the philosophy and the politics of animal rights sure and it kind of went into stuff that wasn't quite what i was looking for but it did talk about uh the concept of rights and um duties how rights and duties go together and they kind of use an example of how you know we have the right to our private property and for you know our private property not to be violated or vandalized and stuff like that so you have your your home your own private land and you have your neighbor and you have the right for your neighbor not to come vandalize your property and trespass all the time without your permission and with your right of that your neighbor has the duty not to be trespassing or vandalizing your property sure well with animal rights, you would have to expect that animals are going to keep up the duty aspect of it if we're giving them rights. So how would how would an animal do such a thing? You know, if you want to take the you know the private property, how are you going to tell the uh, the deer down the street to respect your right and to have the duty of not trespassing on your 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 land and he said something that I thought was kind of funny because the person writing this article said uh, it would bring up embarrassing but practical questions yeah like for who would represent or defend the animal in court and you know yeah. how the un- animal would understand the situation well while I was trying to find uh, stuff to make comparisons, I did see that the state of Maine just happens to have answered that by having a 
courtroom animal advocate program. Can you believe such a thing? Well, I don't understand the concept. So I what don't is either. it? I didn't look into what the program is, but I assume the animal basically gets a lawyer of some sort to defend it in like a case where maybe somebody is abusing that animal. Well, I don't know. I I think we might have to look into that because it's right. n- it wouldn't just be like somebody can bring animals into the courtroom, like a whole sort of like therapy dog kind of thing, or. No, um, I mean, the title of it is the Courtroom Animal Advocate Program. So I don't, just based on that, I don't think it sounds like anything related to somebody being able to have a companion animal. It sounds like they're trying to provide some type of representation for the animal in the courtroom. But like well, you said, I will, we might have to look into it because like, I didn't really have time to dig into it farther. Well, that's fine. I mean, it is sort of interesting to think about. Right. And I love the quote, you know, embarrassing but practical implications because right. there are a lot of stuff comes to mind. And, um, you know, I could just tell you a couple things anecdotally, but, you know, I made the joke right before we came onto the air. I said, well, if they make it so that animals can win the lottery, you know, that's it for me. Game over. I'm right. out because... How how's a an animal going to manage money? Yep. So and there have been cases. I don't remember the particular case, but you can look this up. You can take it to the bank. There have been people who will sometimes leave what's left in their estate to oh, their yeah. pets. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I mean, it's like we live in a free country, and you can do what you want. And if you want to leave a million dollars to your cat, fine you know i i can sometimes go towards the libertarian side and say why the hell not but what's an animal going to do with money how are they going to make legal decisions what you know i mm-hmm. mean it's it's really a, an exercise in foolishness but there are those types out there that yep. advocate for this types of stuff so i i don't know it is sort of an interesting line of thought right. you know <clears throat> well I mean, ultimately, the, my my point is that you know it's for people who are pro life and uh, want to protect the unborn. It's silly how states can have some of these laws protecting animals, but they have not any equal concern for you know unborn babies and stuff like that. And I certainly don't condone any kind of abuse towards animals and anything like that i well, love sure. animals and, and but i don't think they should be given what we would see as equal rights as humans because they can't uphold them they can't really exercise their well rights. i mean i totally understand you know because we we're on the same side of the fence and we often see things very similarly mm-hmm. but it's the same type of people who say, well, nobody really hunts today. Nobody really needs to hunt today. Nobody needs to go out and have these guns and go kill these poor animals. And But then they say, come line up, get get your abortion today right. on this street corner, on the street corner over. We should have more abortions. Or, right. You know, and it the two really don't track. I mean, we should just let the deer take over Michigan and right. and kill all the humans. I don't, you know, it, the two don't jive. Nope. <clears throat> I mean, they, they humanize animals and dehumanize babies. Yeah. That's, that's what's happening. Yeah. So. Yep. 
And I think that's pretty much all I had as well, far Well, it leads as, me pretty well into, yeah, okay. you know, sort of what I was talking about already, but mm-hmm. on to the next topic is, um, the, you know, sort of my whole point to this whole thing is under the umbrella of, you know, or seeing things through the lens of November is coming. So that's how I want to look at all this. And if you have studied the news, which I know you have, there have also been a big up, uptick in gun violence and mass shootings now. Mm-hmm. We're leading into the summer, <clears throat> you know, which is a nice, convenient, easy time for people to organize and, and march and demonstrate. And so once again, I mean, just last week, I think there were three, at least three. Yeah, like over the weekend. In one week. I mean, <clears throat> there was the one in, what, Houston? The one in... I think it was Dallas. Okay, wherever. The one in Texas. Mm -hmm. There was one in California and one up in Buffalo, New York. (sighs) Excuse me. Right. So, I mean, it could just be me trying to put my own spin on the news or whatever, but to me it kind of makes sense. I mean, let's see how I have it written out here. What's the second biggest issue that whips Americans up like abortion does? Gun rights. It sure seems like an appropriate time for patriots to reaffirm their love of firearms, the Second Amendment, and the Constitution, while Democrats now have brand new examples to point towards while demanding radical gun reform. You know? So it's like I was saying on the abortion point. It's like almost like the both parties now have this great opportunity to whip their bases up going into November and get them... Get them in lockstep and and ready to vote, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely see how you know these events are can be used as opportunities to right. know, whip up the base. That's yeah, definitely. Cause well, yes, and I you know if you're I don't know if you were maybe going this way, but as a cautionary statement, I mean, I doubt anybody seriously would want all of this to happen. Right. Like go go shoot up a Walmart. I doubt right. anybody's really advocating and saying go go go, right. you know. But they it sure is convenient. Yeah. I mean there there's definitely rhetoric rhetoric out there that you know or people are saying, you know, these people are out they're coming to get you. Yeah. You need to you need to get out there and fight back cuz they're Yeah. These other politicians are going to ruin your life. There's, that's right. There's definitely talk like that out there. They're going to put you all back in chains. That's, yep, that's right. Exactly. So I definitely see that. And, you know, I saw a quote from the New York City mayor just recently, which you would you would think he'd have a little bit better... I don't know. If, I don't think self-awareness is what I'm looking for here, but better, maybe just awareness in general. I don't sure, know. Sure. But I'll do my best to repeat his quote here. Um, and it's it's comes after, um, or maybe not after. It's he's uh, sort of referring to, well, not referring to, but it's related to a uh, Second Amendment. Uh, case that's in front of the Supreme Court that's supposed to be decided by the end of this term, I believe, and uh, has pretty wide-reaching implications, especially 
in New York, which is, I believe, where the case originated from. But, um, um, all right. Uh, the main part of his quote I have is like a second half of something he said. And he says something, 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 but we should all be concerned uh, that allowing residents to carry handguns in public is the exact wrong way to combat rising crime. Well, I'll tell you what, if all 10 or 11 of those black people in that store had a handgun, they might not be dead today, Mayor. Well, you know that in general, I absolutely agree with you, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know why you peppered this in or why it works so well, but I mean, these politicians are just like opportunistic Mm -hmm. parasites, aren't they? I mean... The reason I hesitated for a moment before I even reacted is because it almost seems it seems so disrespectful, and I know you don't mean it. Yeah. But to use these recent victims like this, mm-hmm. you know, just as talking points, even on our side, whatever. I mean, it's a good, fair point that you have. Very good, yeah. very fair. But it just seems so sick, you know. And we, everybody just jumps on the bandwagon, no matter what. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's. Well, and, you know, and the idea that he would think that just because more lawful gun ownership in his city uh, is permitted, that's going to cause more crime. And I, as uh, we've covered before, you know, there are 500,000 to 2 million cases each year of defensive firearm use as opposed to even less numbers of crimes being committed with firearms. So it would certainly reason to stand that the citizens of New York City would better be able to protect themselves against violent crime if they could own a firearm. And sort of as you were saying, for him to go, go on right after all this happened and suggests that, you know, it's only the guns that are causing the problem and, uh, you know, getting rid of them will make crime go away. Well, New York City already has tough crime laws, just like Chicago, just like other large cities. Well, of course, well, and that's why I agree with you and your point is right and mm-hmm. valid, you know, because <clears throat> I really just believe it. You know, there was a time in this country, it's actually one of the times that made us Pretty famous back in the old west where everybody had a six shooter on their hip and mm-hmm. things were decided pretty quickly, you know. <laughs> right. You you want to talk constitutionally about right to a quick and speedy trial. They <laughs> had them back then. I'll tell you that. They yep. had quick and speedy trials. <laughs> right. And everybody had a gun on their hip and the country worked. Okay. It might not have been the cleanest, most beautiful, you know. Mm-hmm. But still, sometimes you go to certain parts of Asia and they'll say, hey, cowboy, you know, when they know you're an American. Because that whole, it's not just a genre of literature, a genre of film. It wasn't just a time period. It was a whole culture. Yeah, cowboys didn't exist anywhere else. Yes, and that is because of our Second Amendment. Because we do have the right to defense, Mm -hmm. to self-defense. 
And your point is valid. I've said it all along. I know I'm not the first person who's ever said it, but the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. So you're absolutely right. My favorite example is if somebody walks into a crowded bar, let's say in North Texas, and they say, give me all your money to the guy at the cash register. Well, the guy at the cash register might hand him all his money, but when he turns around, he's probably going to have however many people are in the bar, let's say 20. 20 guns pointing in his face. He's uh-huh. not going to leave with that money, right. you know? <laughs> yep. So, I mean, it just is true. You can do it in principle, in theory. Mm-hmm. You can prove that this is accurate, okay? Yep. And it all comes down to choice. And the thing that must be acknowledged, no matter what side of the fence you're on, is really nothing. Putting a gun in everybody's hand or taking a gun from everybody's hand is still not going to stop a psycho mm-hmm. hell bent on killing people. Right. Which Let's is... say guns never existed. Would you still have mass murdering incidents? Yes. Yeah. I promise you. Yeah. Hitler exactly. used cyanide. Okay. Right. That'll be the only, just anecdotal, but come on. Right. People can still kill people with or without a gun. Yep. So. <clears throat> yeah. And, um, you know, like, sort of how you were saying, um, you know, like, with. It's November, just around the corner. I kind of think what the mayor was saying kind of leans into that, too. Not just, you know, jumping on gun control and stuff like that, but he he's... the head, Part of the headline that originally caught my attention was uh, the mayor had said something about beware. And the quote that said something about beware isn't really what stood out to me other than the headline part. So I think he is... Kind of like, uh, as you're saying, trying to rally up the people for November, because the you know if the court overturns, yes, this decision, you're leading right into my next point. Go it, ahead. Yep, if the court overturns this decision, it's going to be bad for you know. Well, the Democrats are saying it's going to be bad for you guys, their their voter base. It's, there's going to be more gun violence restrictions. Yep. On your body, blah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Doom and gloom and fear, it's the fear. Right, because they've already said, you know, this this overturning of Roe v. Wade can mean that they're going to outlaw interracial marriages. Yeah, and and same-sex marriages. Yeah, that slippery slope they always tell conservatives not to talk about. Yeah. Well, that's great that you bring that up, okay? Mm-hmm. And I want to give credit where credit's due. I've been listening. I just bought a new car. I've got Sirius XM Radio, okay? This isn't a plug for them, but I do quite enjoy it. And I've been listening to a lot of the Patriot channel on Channel 125, and there's a girl who comes on on the weekends. Her name's Sunny. I don't know her last name, but she's an African-American chick. And she's really not one of my favorite personalities that come on there. i I don't just love listening to her, and mm-hmm. I don't just recommend her or anything, but, you know, I'm open-minded, and I listened to her for quite a while, and she made some good points. She brought this to my attention. This wasn't just something that just fell out of the sky into my brain. I overheard her talking about it, and I think it's important. So if the decision the on Roe does come out as as leaked— Right? It's mm-hmm. going to be a 5-4 decision to overturn Roe. Bye-bye Roe. Well, there's probably going to be another summer of love, mm, if you yeah. remember that quote. 
Yep. Like back in 2019, when all those Black Lives Matter protests and riots spread across America like a plague following the death of George Floyd. You remember that? Yep, 2020. 2020, whatever. I mean, it was back before the pandemic. And it, well, was it? That was like right after it got started, pretty much. Oh, okay, that's right. Yep. So 2020, okay. So, but anyway, the point stands. I'm I'm yeah. off by a year, but okay. <clears throat> So I think that's super interesting that she would say that, that there's going to be these protests. She's the one who brought it up. And I thought, well, this makes sense because not only would it serve as a democratic grassroots sort of call to action, Mm -hmm. you know, because they're going to take your rights away or whatever. We got to get out there and vote Democrat. Vote blue no matter who. But it also seems obvious to me, and here's an interesting aspect that – that sort of take you'll only get right here on conservative conversations. It seems pretty obvious to me that all the property damage and loss of goods due to theft and vandalism will further fuel inflation spikes Mm -hmm. and supply chain issues, which conveniently will also have the clever ability to offer old Joe Biden an excuse for future shortages, you know, or like if things get worse, if the state of affairs get worse, you know, in regards to food, fuel, and other goods, Mm -hmm. like in the case of this baby formula shortage that we've been hearing a lot about recently. Right. So maybe now it's baby uh, formula, baby food, whatever kinds of things. But imagine it all just that powder keg lights and they start burning these businesses down and looting the targets and everything on the shelves is gone, off the shelves. No accounting for it, you know, because maybe it was taken by government agents as part of the... I mean, I don't want to get too conspiratorial or anything. Maybe it got really taken by rioters and looters. Maybe they really burned the target down with all the stuff in it. But you see, things will probably get worse and Biden will have a clever excuse, and he'll say, well, if the Supreme Court hadn't done this and hadn't, you know, if people hadn't felt the need to uh-huh. get out and make their voices heard, you know, they'll spin it all, spin it all. Right. But well, it'll be a clever excuse for him, don't well, you that think? that would be just like a Democrat. It's never, it's never the, um, you know, reaction people are having. It's what they're reacting to that's the problem. Yeah. It's never the the rioting in the streets. It's it's, you know, whatever caused it, whether it be the George Floyd George Floyd thing or uh Roe v. Wade being overturned. It's yeah. not that. It you know, it's not the rioters, it's it's whatever caused them to get out there. That's always the problem. Well and that's why I think is interesting, you know, it'll be in the show notes, but Tucker Carlson did a really great segment. And he was talking about how they've known about the baby formula problem. Mm -hmm, And just like I'm sitting here predicting, like we have with Roe, that it would be overturned. I mean, the writing is on the wall for some of this stuff. You can see into the future. That's why we started this podcast, Mm -hmm. was so that we would just stop spitting into the wind and feeling like, you know, (sighs) we're crazy. Right. Because... We've said this. We used to have private conversations, and we would predict these things. These things are predictable. Mm-hmm. But the powers, the people who have the power up there in Washington, they act like, oh, no. Everything's just always reactionary. Mm-hmm. So even though there were calls about baby formula shortage, 
as far back as October. Yeah. It's really just sinking in now, and nobody's done anything about it until we're, we have no supply. Yeah. <clears throat> so here again, I mean, this is why I'm saying it's. I swear they'll use it as a convenient excuse because they haven't taken any preemptive measure mm-hmm. in regards to these shortages, extremely high fuel costs, inflationary pricing on, you know, just average cost of goods. Right. Well, I actually have a, a, a statistics on the inflation. Uh, I believe, I'm not going to get the exact number right unless I come across it here in a second, but uh the average American is spending between three hundred to four hundred dollars more a month this year than, than than they were just last year, and it's only supposed to be getting worse. There's already been some predictions about a recession coming by the end of the year, and you know inflation certainly isn't just going to start reversing itself within that time. It'd probably get worse. So. My advice to you folks, stock up on all your non-perishable goods now while you can still get them at a reasonable price for six months from now. They're even another 10, 20% higher. Yeah, very good advice, I would think. And, um, well, sticking with inflation, I guess, I did have a few other notes. I wasn't sure if you'd continue with what you were saying or not uh no i'm pretty much done i only have one last point on um sort of on the squish republicans if you remember that oh yeah well um okay uh well then let me see what i got here i had a little bit of a headline that said that um inflation is the top issue heading uh into the midterms for people per pew research on a survey they took from April 25th to, I think, May 1st it was. Uh, I did try to see if they asked about the abortion issue, but I don't think they did, so it's possible uh, that could have overtaken inflation. But according to the survey, um, some 70% of people say that inflation is a very big problem for the country. Um, then followed by 55% for healthcare affordability and then uh, uh, also for violent crime. Um, 84% of Republicans say that inflation uh, is a top issue and only about 54% of Democrats say it is. Hmm. Uh, no, 57. And then, uh, yep, as I mentioned, the um, U.S. households are spending $341 a month more. That's what the number was. Say it again. What's the figure? $341 hmm. a month more this year than compared to last year. Per month. And Right? You say a month. Per month? Uh, yeah, yep, per month, which, that's a good bit. Yeah. That's a lot. I mean, that's over four grand a year, four and a half grand. Yeah. 
And one other thing in this article about it that kind of stood out to me was, um, you know, our modern day Dr. Evil, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Isn't that who people say he looks like? Uh, he kind of does, yeah. Yeah. Um, he had tweeted at uh, Joe Biden after uh, Joe Biden's people tweeted something like, um, let me see, where's the quote? Uh, Oh, you want to bring down inflation? Let's make sure the wealthiest corporations pay Pay their their fair fair share. share. Uh, Of course. Uh Exactly. And then quoting uh, his uh, Biden's tweet, Bezos responded by saying, uh, raising corporation taxes is fine. Uh, is fine to discuss. Taming inflation is fine, is critical to discuss. Mushing them together is just misdirection. Yeah. Yeah. Well, isn't that true? Right? Because, you know, even if you raise corporate taxes, that's not going to make inflation go away. Well, you also, you know, I don't mean to step on your toes as you're speaking or whatever, but... It just pops into my mind. These are the same people who said inflation was transitory. No uh-huh. big deal. It's not going to linger. It right. won't stick around. I mean, how can yep. you take these people seriously? Right. So uh, with admitting it without admitting it, they're saying you got to fix inflation, which we thought was transitory, by taxing the bejesus out of corporations and wealthy people. Hell yeah, that'll do it. Yep. And then uh, just to kind of finish this little bit up, um, uh, I mean, because that wouldn't have any negative ramifications, would it? <laughs> no. No, cost of goods will just, surely they'll go down when you raise the taxes on the corporations that produce the goods. Surely they'll go down. Right. Well, Bezos also had said the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan uh, contributed to the spike in inflation. Well, of course it did. Right. And then lastly, um, uh, the transportation secretary, Madam Pete Buttigieg. Madam? <laughs> I'm making fun of him. Yeah, I know. Um, he was on, uh, I believe, CNBC's Squawk Box show. Oh, uh, yeah. And he was... Um, Let's see, where does the quote go here? Oh, he was asked about uh, Jeff Bezos, what he said, tweeting at Joe Biden. And this is, this is his fantastic answer. Uh, the president's theory of the case when it comes to economics is probably uh, never going to be wildly popular with billionaires for the simple reason that he is calling on them to pay their fair share. Again, repeating what the president said and totally avoiding him being even asked. Uh, let's see if I do have the question when he was asked. Oh, he was just asked about the administration's inflation policy. But... He doesn't address it. He just says that you know the billionaire billionaires aren't going to be happy with uh, uh, the Biden's 
policy on inflation because he doesn't really have one because he wants to tax the Jesus out of them, make them pay their fair share. So they can only repeat the talking points and they don't even address the actual issue that 70% of Americans are even concerned about. Yeah. And then, uh, well, I guess not and then. I suppose that's basically uh, all I have. And to tie it into what you sort of brought up a little bit ago with the squishy Republicans, is that we know the Democrats always vote for these big spending packages that uh, you know add to the inflation problem. But we have... Uh, well, I don't really want to take your point because you said it to me off air. What 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 uh, what do the Republicans do about inflation? Well, you know, I don't mind who says it so long as the point's made. But regarding inflation and squish Republicans, um, I definitely wanted to make a comment about two topics being linked. Those two topics being linked. So Republicans sure can complain about inflation as it relates to Biden's agenda mm-hmm. and spending. You know, they'll get out there and say, he shouldn't have shut down the pipeline and he shouldn't have done this and Mm -hmm. his policy sucks in this regard and Janet Yellen is full of baloney in this regard. But then when it comes down to it, I mean, they've said several times themselves that this war in Ukraine is the biggest concern in the world right now, let alone here at home. Mm -hmm. It's the biggest concern. And despite inflation and national debt and government spending... They all voted, except for Rand Paul, to spend, to send another $40 billion in aid mm-hmm. to the Ukraine. Now, that's $40 billion. You're talking about how much the average cost per family has gone up this year alone. Right. And here they are sending off these giant aid packages to countries. I mean, I guarantee you, you take an average sampling of 100 Ohioans, because we're right here in Ohio. They've never been to Ukraine. I doubt they could find Ukraine on a map. I'd bet a big chunk of my life's blood that they couldn't find Ukraine on a map. If you just took a sampling of 100 people. No way. Yeah. But they're getting our money. Yep. Big, big payments of our money. Right. Mothers can't feed their babies because we're running out of formula, but we're shipping... $40 $40 billion over there instead of... That's right. I mean, it's crazy. It well, I even... The, problem. the way I put it here in my notes, not just to dwell on the shortages that we're, we're already facing, mm-hmm. but our president, you know, whether he's my president or not, we'll put that aside, but the American president has come out and said that there will be food shortages here in our country. There will be. It's mm-hmm. coming. Yeah. There will be few food shortages. Right. But Ukraine takes priority even with the Republicans. Yep. So the you know Tucker Carlson uh as part of, it'll be in the show notes. It's all in the same Tucker Carlson uh clip or okay. whatever. It's maybe like a half hour thing. But he did a great segment on this. He he talks about some other issues too, but he did a great comparison to waking up Christmas morning, you know, all ready for your presents you've waited for all year, and finding out that your parents 
didn't give you anything because they gave everything away to the kid down the street. You know, some kid right. who doesn't live even in your block, in your neighborhood. They gave some kid in Maine a train or yeah. a bicycle. bicycle, whatever. So, you know, I just think it's crazy, but tough times may be coming mm-hmm. here to this country, to us, to a movie theater near you, as they used to say. <laughs> But our elected officials, our elected officials, seem to be in a race to empty America's savings account rather than build it up and make sure we can weather this storm. Yep. That's why you don't rely on the government. That's right. Plan a victory garden, folks. Yep. And the thing about squishy Republicans that had originally stood out to me when I was trying to get some ideas for the show was that... uh, I didn't catch the lady's name, uh, but I only saw the headline. But it was about some GOP senator woman. I don't know if she's on state level or uh, just a senator I've not heard of, uh, apologizing for her comments, saying that there's only two two sexes. And what I was going to kind of briefly just talk about with the squishy Republicans is, you know, we should not be voting for any Republicans like that anymore. Um, I think we're past the point of trying to appease people that we might think are moderate on issues like that. Uh, no. Yeah. Because we've spent a lot of time talking about the transgender and biological sex issue. I don't think we have to go on and on about it right now. And another one who I think has a good chance of winning, who I think will be a squish is this Dr. Oz running in Pennsylvania. There's been a lot of reports about him and even videos of him in the past uh, being pro-gun control and uh, being pro-transgender, supporting, uh, you know, that whole deal. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, good actual conservatives aren't going to be voting for those people too much. I Unfortunately, I think Dr. Oz has a pretty good chance of winning. Hopefully, we'll find out tomorrow because today as we're recording is the Pennsylvania primary. I hope that that black chick that's running against him upsets the whole thing and wins. Yeah, that would be pretty nice. What's her name? Uh, Kathy Barnett. That's uh, right, yep. yes. I hope she takes the whole thing in a landslide. Yep. And... Uh, but, folks, if you got any conservatives like that running in your districts, in your states, uh, you know, unless there are no better options, don't vote for them, I'd say. Well, and I'd like to point out, you know, we're fair-minded people on sure. this channel, and there are good Democrats. Yeah. If you look Definitely. at what Joe Manchin just stood up yep. for— he represented his state. Now, you may be a Democrat listening to this, and you may hate my guts, you may hate Joe Manchin's guts because of what he just did. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand, we both originate from West Virginia. That's our state. Yep. That's our home state. And he stood up for what West Virginians really believe. Yep. <clears throat> he didn't just cave to party politics. Right. So, I mean, good people are out there. Right. Sometimes... You do have to vote outside your comfort zone, mm-hmm. let's say. 
but it's really it's like we talked about earlier local matters more right really and you should get to know your local people and and then build build up yeah <clears throat> build up from there exactly exactly um i think that's pretty much all i have uh i don't have any more notes left written down well, the only other thing I could say while we're just here on this recording and mm-hmm. keeping it fresh is I think the policy of appeasement mm-hmm. in any regard is not good. No. Nope. If you and somebody else are coming from two opposite ends of the spectrum, mm-hmm. I think it's totally dis- disingenuous to start by saying, well, let me give you this. Right. Let me give you this. Let me give you something. Let me give you a dollar, you know, some slight advantage. I'll give you a 10-second head start, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's so ethically and morally wrong right off the get-go. Because if there's an issue and two people care about it, and they come at it from two different angles, two different sets of eyes, you Mm -hmm. know, you tackle the issue... Right. And that's what you should be looking for. That's how I would put it personally, is you should find people that really care about the issues that you care about. Right. Somebody who wants to tackle an issue, not an opponent, not a party, not a a movement. Exactly. Somebody who wants to roll up their sleeves and get their hands dirty, you know, fixing the neighborhood or fixing the state or fixing the country. Right. Not somebody who just wants to play tag in this big game of any or outy. Right. Yep, I would agree. Definitely. I thought yep. I was going to have a little bit of a comment to add on there, but it uh, slipped my mind as I was listening to you. Well, with that, I mean, that's everything I got to say. You know, just as a friendly, before we get off here, but... We were really going to dive into this Roe versus Wade thing. And it just is such a big topic that we've delayed and delayed and delayed going into it. I mean, because sometimes I even get sort of emotional on on the topic. So it's it's something I've had this, the footage that we're going to include in the show notes of um, Roe, excuse me, not Mm Roe, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, her thoughts on it. Uh, because I did a deep dive on Roe versus Wade. I went back and tracked the history, how it made itself up to the Supreme Court, the two different sides, the parties involved. Right. And a lot of times passed. I think it's been like 40 years or something. So even the original litigants in Roe mm-hmm. have changed. Some oh, of them yeah. have changed their mindsets. You know, a yeah. lot's happened. Um, so, uh, I just read a little article the other day that was sort of talking about. Uh, I wish I remembered the lady's name, the woman's name, who was Roe. She ended up turning into a pro-life person in her later years. Well, I'm sure. And plus, you know, the time was a little different. They maybe had ultrasounds, but they weren't widely available. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's changed a lot, too, because when you watch, when you can actually see what's happening, I mean, it's, it's a very ugly procedure and, yep. and not just theoretically right yep. it is very ugly procedure yep so you know yep. but anyway folks so i hope maybe we didn't really get too deep into 
that particular subject matter. But I think there's some good beefy material here you might be able right. to use. Um, you know, should should the conversation of Roe come up with a family member or a friend or right. somebody you maybe respect but don't agree with? Sure. So, you know, just I would, I would really advise you, it's on my heart to say, don't be afraid of having these conversations. Right. You know, I think it's pertinent that it's coming up. Yep, and important. don't just let it be co-opted by the other side. Right. <clears throat> yep. It's uh, it's an important issue to us. We both have uh, babies coming into our lives. Not not our own babies. Neither of us are having kids. But <laughs> we got fam- family members and really good friends in our lives that are all going to be having babies within this year or probably early start of next year. So. Yep. It seems to be baby season. That's right. <laughs> So it's uh, an important issue, and we we definitely keep a track of it. And we hope you are too, folks. That's right. We hope you'll keep following us for more updates and other pertinent content. Yep. And you can check out our website, contemporaryconservative.net. You can check out our other show, as I mentioned at the top, the Wiki Wacky Radio Show. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, you can also find our episodes on YouTube. And be sure to reach out to us directly with any comments, feedback, or suggestions, or your own opinions. And you can find our email addresses in the show notes, as well as I'll tell you mine now. It's contempconserve, the number two, at gmail.com. That's C O, uh, if I can spell, <laughs> C O N T E M P. C-O-N-S-E-R-V, the number two, at gmail.com. Yes, and I'm similarly contempt, conserve, at gmail. So there's no number two. But we'd love to hear from you. We certainly would. And as always, thanks for listening.